Hi, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Shari Reynolds and this is Coaching Chaos. I have no greater desire than bringing even one soul back to our Savior or a little bit closer to our Savior if we're feeling some distance. Sometimes we feel a little forgotten. Sometimes we feel left out or rejected. Sometimes we can feel so totally alone. Sometimes we can feel that right within our own family. And right now we are feeling that in our neighborhoods and our community um, and how we see things and how we do things. There needs to be greater unity. How can we achieve that? In the Doctrine and Covenants in 38, he says that every man should esteem his brother as himself. And this is practicing virtue and holiness before him. The greatest commandment is to love one another, even as our Savior loves us. And we do that by loving someone the way that we would want to be loved. Have you ever been at a football game or at a basketball game and there are two opposing sides? Team over here and team over there. Parents in the high school on one side. The opposing parents in the high school on the other side. Originally, they walked in with the attitude of we're better than you. And then someone gets hurt and they're laying on the field and all of a sudden the feelings of we are better than you or we're going to beat you or you're not as good as we are is gone when everybody arises to their feet and say little prayers in their heart and their mind and feel compassion towards the the player on the field that is down. They say a little prayer for him and or her or for the parents who are witnessing their child struggling to get back on their feet. All of a sudden, that division is gone when somebody is deeply struggling. When there are earthquakes and tornadoes, hurricanes, I would bet that any discord or lack of unity in the town is gone when people have lost everything and then they come back into the town and just help their brother to gather up everything that they've lost as best as they can. In the Doctrine and Covenants 38:31, and that ye might escape the power of the enemy and be gathered unto me a righteous people without spot and blameless. blameless. The clarion call to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is to strive to be a Zion people who are of one heart and one mind and dwell in righteousness. Is that what we are experiencing? Are we one heart and one mind? I don't think that we 
are supposed to be one heart and one mind and vote the same way or cook the same way or dress the same way. But I do believe that we are all to have the same goal and that is to return to our Father in Heaven. We might be doing things differently. We might discipline our children differently. We might have different views on the way we should do things. Have you ever been at a potluck and there are 10 of the same recipes, but they all taste a little bit different? That is how each of us are. We do things differently and we think differently, but our goal is to be helping one another return back to our Father in Heaven. And we can do that. We can be one heart and one mind, and we can dwell in righteousness. The Lord says, I say unto you, be one. And if ye are not one, ye are not mine. So I'm referring to the Come Follow Me program um, Fourth Nephi, chapter 1. These people were, were righteous, and they lived and dwelled in peace. But it doesn't mean that they all cooked the recipe the same way, right? And if someone's tasted it a little bit different, they didn't shun one another. In the day of peace, they esteemed lightly my counsel, but in the day of their trouble of necessity, they feel after me. When things are easy and when things are good, we don't call upon our Father in heaven, but in the day of trouble, we feel after him, we seek after him. What does he do? Does he, does he turn his back on us? Well, you should have been praying to me all this time. If you'd been listening to me and doing what I asked you, to, you asked you to do all this time, then I would definitely be helping you out, but you didn't. So I'm not going to help you. But no, he says, Verily I say unto you, notwithstanding your sins, my bowels are filled with compassion. I will not utterly cast them off. And in the day of wrath, I will remember mercy. He will do that for us because each one of us are are imperfect. Each one of us sin. So if someone doesn't do things the way that we want it to be done, or that we maybe don't view political stances in just the same way, does that mean that we utterly cast them off? No, we, we show greater love and mercy towards, towards another. Because at the end of the day, our ultimate goal is to be able to look into this, the face of our Savior and be at peace and, and know that He is God and that we look to Him. I remember when I was on bed rest with my twins, and they are nearly 18. I lived in a, in a wonderful neighborhood, and, and there was so much kindness and unity and love and I felt that as my husband worked with BYU football and I happened to be on bed rest right during football season so he was gone much of the time trying to do his best to 
provide for his family. I had 60 sisters sign up to assist me. I had three older children, a 10-year-old, a five-year-old, and a four-year-old, and we had twins on the way. And yes, I expected so much out of my 10-year-old, but she was 10, and I couldn't expect her to do everything, but I had sisters bring in meals. I had families take my three on Sunday afternoons when it was difficult to take care of my kids and my, and my husband was traveling back from wherever the away game was because they played Saturday night. He was always traveling home on Sunday, so I had a lot of Sundays home alone. I had, I had sisters take my children to school and pick them up from school. One time, I was in desperate need and I got into our minivan and I went to the store and dragged my body through the store. Being pregnant with those twins, it felt like I was trying to hold bowling balls in a wet paper sack. I felt so strained and I was in so much pain the way that they were positioned. But we needed milk and I had already been feeling like I was taxing people for their time and energy and I went to get a gallon of milk. And I was driving home and I saw some people from my neighborhood pass me and I learned later that they were really upset with all of the help that I had received that they saw Sister Reynolds driving down the street. Maybe she doesn't need our help that bad. So they were judging me and they didn't know the whole story. How I just didn't feel like I could ask for any more help, that I could go get a gallon of milk. And I talked to my doctor about that. He said, yeah, I don't think you should be lifting anything heavier than a gallon of milk, and you should not be driving any further than one or two miles. We do not want to compromise the delivery of these babies. So I listened to my body and I drove two miles to the grocery store, picked up a gallon of milk, and I went right home and I was right back down. But I was doing my best, but I was being judged. But I was doing my best, but I was still being looked down on and talked about. Did I feel unity in that moment? No, I felt alone. And I felt like I couldn't ask for any more help at all. But the help continued to come and those who wanted to judge stayed away. And I feel embarrassed, but yet I feel bad for them. Because they chose to stay away because I went to get a gallon of milk. That happens a lot when we judge someone for a small act. But the truth is we don't know the whole background story in each one of our lives are significant and worthy of our Father in Heaven's love, then why can't we be worthy of one another's love? He that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that abaseth himself shall be exalted. So when we think ourselves higher and better than someone else, can we be exalted and stand in front of our Father? in front of our Savior and look into their face when we have esteemed ourselves higher and better than someone else. But he that is humble and meek 
and lowly. He is who will be exalted. Can I strive to be a little more meek, a little more humble, a little more lowly? David O. McKay said, May there be banished from their hearts this spirit of enmity, backbiting, and evil speaking, and may they keep in their hearts the truth expressed by Jesus when he said, If ye are not one, ye are not mine. Oh, how I want to be his. Oh, how I desire no greater, no greater desire than to be one with you and to be looking toward the same direction, and that's to be together in the kingdom of our Father. Our desire is that our hearts and minds should be knit together in righteousness and unity and that we can be one with our Father, but we can only be one with our Father and with our Savior if we are one with each other. The Lord Jehovah will return to live with those who have become His people and will find them united of one heart, unified with Him and with our Father in Heaven. I've read from several conference talks this morning talking about unity and coming from uh, the Come Follow Me program when I talked about how these saints at this time they were, uni- they were unified. So I've read Our Hearts Knit as One from October 2008. And it talks about how everything Alma and his people were inspired to do was pointed at helping people choose to have their hearts changed through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Have we forgotten that? Have we forgotten the plan of salvation that the whole reason we are here is to simply return to Him? So when someone is judging me because I'm driving down the street, because I went and got a gallon of milk, they've put themselves in bondage. Judgment puts you in bondage. It chains you to Satan who wants you to be separated from one another. And when we are separated from one another, we have placed ourselves in bondage. We, we come to feel alone when we point fingers at others. President Eyring says, and he commanded them that there should be no contention one with another, but that they should look forward with one eye, having one faith and one baptism. having their hearts knit together in unity and in love one towards another. And thus we can become the children of God. That is the whole reason we are here as his children is that we learn to live together. And in our world and the climate of this world, there is so much strife. And having five daughters, there can be strife. So mom says one thing, And then one daughter texts another, her opinion of what mom said. And then the other daughter is texting me, not knowing the full story and getting upset with me for something I said to the other daughter. And it's sometimes completely unclear and completely unfair. But if we stay focused on our savior and if they can trust in me, that I'm doing the very best I can as their mom, 
you'll probably stick up for me a little bit better. Well, why don't you just do what mom asks? Or I'm sure mom has good reason for her to feel the way that she does about this or that. Or maybe you were grounded because maybe you didn't do something you should have done. Supporting the leader of the home. That's probably a really good idea. But the way we can become unified is to let go of pride. And sometimes I'm too prideful to let go of my pride. I don't want to. It's sometimes the most difficult thing. Pride is the greatest enemy to unity. Say that 10 times. And that's because it's difficult. Enemy of unity. Pride is the enemy of unity. It, it, we all have seen the, the terrible effects of pride and how it destroys unity. There was a story given by Hugh Pinnock in um, 1987 in his, his conference talk. He talks about two men that were divided about the prop, their property. And there was a rusty, rusty barbed wire, barbed wire fence that separated their property. But when it came to the end of the road, it was not clear how the property was actually divided. And these neighbors fought for years about this tiny little parcel of land as to whose it really was. And this comes from the blessings of being unified in April, 2007. Finally, after years of, of turmoil and the children even growing up and fighting with each other when once they were all best friends, one man between the two of them went to the other and said, I'm tired of fighting. You, t- you tell me how you want this little piece of land to be divided and I will be fine with whatever it is. And in those brief words and in that few seconds, he completely changed the course of their future. He softened his neighbor's heart and they went down to the city and they declared together how the property would be divided. It changed the course of their future and the course of their salvation. Are we one with our neighbors? Is the street that you live on better because you live there? Is our neighborhood and community more peaceful because you dwell there? Or just the opposite? Our Savior will return and live with us as long as we are His people and we are united in one heart and in one mind, knit together in love. Because there is power in unity. There is power and peace. I have experienced heartbreak in my very own family. I've talked about it before that my siblings, not all of them are friends and it has destroyed the hearts of my parents over things that happened 15 and 20 years ago, things that do not matter today. In fact, I doubt that they even remember why they are upset with each other. But it causes difficulties when we gather together for, for holidays or celebrations or they just don't come at all. 
So my parents have these children and they don't even get to enjoy them to be together. No, not even a, a family picture when we're all together in the same city. We can't even come to smile at the same camera just because we are not together in how we do things or how we run our lives or how we are parents or how we believe. But if we can look at the saints in 4th Nephi chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, there were no contentions and no disputations among them. And every man did deal justly one with another. And they fasted and they prayed and they met together to hear the word of the Lord. Can we do that? Can we go and sit down together and look to the podium and listen to the speaker and listen to our newly called bishop and support one another and show greater forth kindness? We may not believe the same how we conduct ourselves personally, but we can be knit together in unity and love and again, have one goal, and that is to return back to the presence of our Father with no contention because the love of God was greater. And that is what dwells in our hearts. In the conference talk, The Blessings of Being Unified from April 1987 by Hugh Pinnock, he reported that this man who was a religious leader that was helping to save a town from a disaster. And he talked about the helping hands of the members of the church that he had seen many times over the years and had observed how they conducted themselves. This man said of our church, one of the most remarkable characteristics of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is that you seem to be working together and you are headed in the right direction and you are one. You concentrate upon doing that which you believe Jesus wants you to do. You all study the same doctrine and you respond to your leaders. You are unified. And Joseph Smith stated that unity is power. So when disaster comes to our land or disaster or tragedy comes to one of us in our homes, do we turn the other way? No, that's in the moment that we we stand together and forget about the issues that we have going on in our country and we run to one another and we help lift one another up. We take the children, we bring in meals, we clean their home. But does it have to be disaster or tragedy that brings us together? In Psalm 133.1, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And may we be one in this great work. We've been asked to be one. We may not be completely agreeable in how we do things. Again, you've been to the church dinner and all the sisters were given the same recipe to bring the same funeral potatoes, but they all taste a little bit differently. But we have the same recipe. But do we shun the sister for not making it exactly the way you made it? What if, what if that sister did the very best that she could and didn't have a whole lot of money, but she was willing to bring what she had? Instead of crushing 
Ritz crackers over the top of the funeral potatoes, she crushed cornflakes. But oh my goodness, they are not truly funeral potatoes unless you crush Ritz crackers. And somebody listening to this might say, what? I have never heard of Ritz crackers crushed on the top of funeral potatoes. You must always crush cornflakes. And somebody else might say, what? You don't put anything on the top. You just put lots of cheese. Do you see how silly that sounds? Let's talk funeral potatoes and apply it to our lives and bask in the goodness and the light that we all just contributed. There are many reasons for us to be unified, but the greatest reason is that we are one in helping each other return back to our Father in Heaven. That is our single most greatest and important goal that we could live our life for. Are we doing that? Again, I ask you, are your cities, are your communities, is your neighborhood peaceful because you live there? Or just the opposite? Swallow that pride and look to our Savior and live together in unity and love. I'm trying to do that. I am trying to do that in my home and amongst my neighbors and in the workplace. I'm trying to do that. Please join me in helping bring one more person back to our Savior. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope to see you next time.